But who isn't a mess? If you really, you know, kind of let your walls down and let people see the real you, all of us are messy. All of us are desperately in need of redemption and hope. It's about time because we're going there. Hey, podcast family. My name is Bianca Waters-Oltoff, and I am the host of We're Going There, a podcast, well, where nothing is off the table. If you've been around these here parts for a while, you might have noticed that I love having diverse people from different backgrounds on the show. Why? I firmly believe that we can learn from someone who doesn't think like us or has the same job as us or, period, is different than us. Maybe even specializes in something that might be foreign or new to us. Now, though I'm not a filmmaker, I am a writer. And if there is one thing I love, it's storytelling. Sometimes in teaching, it's good to be informative or be prescriptive or maybe even descriptive. But more often than not, we learn through the art of storytelling. It's no wonder that Jesus used story as his primary mode of communication to those following him as well as his disciples. Story has the ability to teach lessons that we otherwise wouldn't or couldn't receive. On the show today, we have producer and director Andrew Irwin. He's been part of films like American Underdog and the most recent film, a documentary on Johnny Cash. His latest film comes out in theaters in partnership with Lionsgate. I mean, hello, that's pretty cool, friends. And it comes out February 23rd. Friends, can I be way too honest? Like, can I tell myself? I mean, the show is called We're Going There, so I guess I will. Okay, I'm a little nervous because I know the audience, right? but let me confess my trespasses. Let me tell you the truth about some of the things that I think in my head, but don't have the ability to say out loud. And here we are on, we're going there saying it out loud. Okay. I've never been a huge fan of Christian media. I know. I know. Get ready to pull up the stones. Someone is definitely going to DM me and say, you should support Christians because Christians are your family. You show up and you say nice things because they love Jesus. And though I understand the sentiment and the heart behind it, what you're basically asking me to do is support mediocre art. Now, this is not a sweeping statement. We have come so far in creative media. But sometimes I get hurt when people use this argumentation. It's essentially saying the best art that we as Christians can produce is medium and basic at best. I'm sorry, I will not lie. Now, for those that know, I have an art background and I have a master's of arts in aesthetics. I won't accept subpar work or artistry just because someone's a Christian. And when I say that my standard is excellence, remind me to tell you about the time I kicked off my little sister from the soccer team I coached. That's another podcast for another day. Y'all, my standards are high. So when I was in a theater watching a movie a few weeks ago, I saw a trailer that piqued my interest. Well, if I'm honest with you, Hillary Swank piqued my interest. I've loved Hillary since Million Dollar Baby, and as someone who boxes weekly, I have so much respect for her in the making of this movie. The most recent film that she stars in is a remarkable true story of a struggling hairdresser who single-handedly rallies an entire community to help a widowed father save his critically ill daughter. And one of the things that I found wildly fascinating is that it adequately and correctly portrays the body of Christ and the power of the local church in a way that, well, if I'm honest with you, felt really refreshing. What unfolds is an inspiring everyday miracle and ordinary angels. Now let's pop into our conversation with producer Andrew Irwin. 
Friends, I'm interrupting this podcast because if you know me, I love a good smelling house. Not only do I love a good smelling house, I love when things also help the environment. They're on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option without giving up beautiful, high-quality fragrance. The candle industry has major problems. Almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year, and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years. Yes, you heard me right. 1 million. Nose has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again and again so you don't have to become part of the problem. It's so easy to use, friends. The candles are made with fragrance wax beads. All you have to do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar, fill it up with the wax beads, enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours, and then all you have to do is do the exact same thing over again. Yes, I've been loving burning the Santal and Atlas cedar scents. They're some of my favorites. It's calming and woodsy and luxurious. I'm obsessed. I love it. There's a bunch of other fragrances, and I'm sure that you will find one that fits your fancy. You can build your custom starter kit right now. Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy Notes starter kit using the code going there. Yep, just use the code going there when placing your order. That's going there at notescandle.com backslash going there. Andrew Irwin, I am so excited to have you on the show today. I really, really, really feel honored that you have given me your time. Well, thanks, Bianca. I really appreciate that. I, uh, I, I've, I've loved your stuff and uh, glad to be a part of the show. Okay, so here's the, here's the God honest truth. I have seen American Underdog on opening weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, Johnny Cash, I've seen it, loved it. It wasn't opening weekend, I have to tell myself. But then Jesus Revolution, <laughs> I saw that, and my parents are part yeah. of that whole like era and movement. So I just yeah. feel like you're producing content that I legit like and watch. So I'm privileged. Thank <laughs> you for being on the show. That's a that that's a badge of honor. I'll take it. You know, it's just it's one of those things where you know uh, right now faith is kind of finding its heyday in the theater and earning the right to be heard and. Uh, it's excited to tell stories that people are actually paying attention to. It's 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 been thrilling. I love it. So let's tell on ourselves if we shall. So when you said that faith is finding space in like theaters, I think I think that I'm so excited that I get to have someone who is producing and uh-huh. creating really good art because if I'm honest, if I'm honest, there has been some <laughs> the, poor the Christian. Yeah. Yes. You said it, brother, yeah. not me. Okay. Cause I'm I don't yeah, want to be funny. perceived as a hater, but I love what you're doing. Thank you. I say the cheese because I've been a part of the cheese. You know, I think there was a group of us that we all started at the same time saying we wanted to make movies, but none of us really, really understood what that meant and how to do it well. And, you know, we had to figure out the art form. And so those early days, there were trailblazers that were really brave, just stepping into something that they didn't understand. And then we kind of followed them and tried to learn too. And we all, you know, made mistakes along the way. But I think like for the first time, it's not just us. There's just a group of people that are starting, you know, whether it's Dallas with the chosen or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, films like what Alejandro did with sound of freedom last year. There's mm-hmm. just films that are uh, being made that are high quality. And so kingdom uh, we've got a group of those filmmakers that work with us here. And Lionsgate is really our parent company is really valuing the audience like never before. So for us to do a movie coming out that we have a two time Oscar winner, Hillary Swankin and uh, Alan Richson from the Reacher series, like they're investing money into this space. They value our audience and it shows on the screen. And I have to say, like, I've I've been a follower of Jesus. Like, I love it. I also just love the art space. That's my background. And I'm a yeah. huge Hillary Swank fan. So when I had an opportunity to sit down and talk with people that are investing, producing, directing, creating, 
this film, I actually saw the trailer. So when it came to me, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't even need to think twice, honey. This is a yes and amen. So, um, so this is the thing that I love. I want to get like there's gonna be there's gonna be junkets, there's gonna be press kits, there's all this information that exists online about context for the upcoming film that's coming out on February 23rd, Ordinary Angels. I'm, I actually feel very privileged because I had an opportunity to watch it before it even hit the screen. And I want to kind of get a little bit of inside information that maybe the regular yeah. stuff that's online won't give us access to. So I actually want to know your personal stake in this. How did you uh, find out about this story? And we can talk yeah. a little bit about the overall framework for the story and how it landed to you. But what was the thing that piqued your interest about creating this piece, Ordinary Angels? You know, with this one, Bianca, like the, you know, we, we do tell true stories. It's kind of been our bread and butter. There's something about true stories that um, makes us be able to kind of be able to get the, the story in without it feeling preachy and uh, allows us to kind of get outside the church walls. And, uh, you know, God just keeps bringing the right stories to us. And um, this one came to us through the most unlikely, you know, source, Dave Matthews from the Dave Matthews Band. Um, obsessed. Uh, Are you kidding me? I saw him at yeah. Dodgers Stadium. Yes, love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big fan too. I, I got a little starstruck. But Dave Matthews, um, who is not, from what he says, not a particular person of faith, he saw this news story about this, you know, little girl that was saved by the this church uh, during a snowstorm in uh, the biggest snowstorm in Kentucky and had to you know, get airlifted to get a, an organ transplant. And they rallied around her and this unlikely hero of this lady Sharon that. Uh, Hilly Swank plays uh, uh, and he fell in love with the story he's like this has to be a movie so he championed it for years then he brought it to a producer friend of ours named John Berg John Berg's the producer for the movie Elf uh, and uh, John uh, and him were like we're gonna, we gotta make this movie wait they I'm so sorry la- what, what movie? I've never heard Elf. of Elf. Elf, yeah, yeah, the guy in the yellow site. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh! Like the, okay, the biggest Christmas movie of all yes. time. Yes, so, with Will Ferrell, so and my family yeah, loves it. Fer- so this is winning yes. on all fronts here. Yeah, winning on all fronts. So Dave Matthews, Elf. Uh, they took it to Lionsgate, uh, uh, who's you know our distributor, and uh, our boss at Lionsgate was like, "This is a great faith story. You need to take it to our guys at Kingdom." They bring it to us. We read the the treatment and all the stuff about it. And we're like, not only do we love this story, but the chairman of our board actually is an elder at the church that this is based <gasps> on, S- Southeast Christian Church in Louisville. Okay, so stop it goes, it. I have chills from the top of my head. Yeah. My legs, shut up. This is, oh, yeah. give me, this is the tea. This is the cheese, man. This is the inside info. Give me more. This is so good. Yeah, so Dave Matthews, elf, the chairman of our board, elder at the church. And uh, we're like, we're in. And so John Gunn that writes and uh, directs a lot of stuff for us, he wrote American Underdog and Jesus Revolution. And then he was like, I've got a vision for it. I want to direct it. And so he wrote, uh, he, he worked on the script, got it where it needed to be. And the next thing you know, he has Alan Richson, who's one of the biggest movie stars on the planet right now. And then Hilary Swank back in vintage million dollar baby form. And, uh, and then we're making a movie in Canada, you know, freezing to death. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. And I, first of all, again, the people that are in this film, it it just brings it so to life and the quality that is the quality writing and acting I'm just obsessed with. And so a couple questions. Uh, the heart of this film is about purpose and really people Mm -hmm. like unlikely people that God will use to do wonderful things. Yeah. Um, 
I want to know, since you like produce this and you produce so many other films that I legit have watched without even knowing that you were behind right. them, like what was your vested interest? Like why did you want to get behind this project? You know, for us, uh, we try to be really strategic and subversive with the stories that we tell. Like the goal is to reach what we call the benevolent skeptic. Uh, the person that's right outside the church walls, they're not hostile towards Christianity, but they don't know that they need or want it. And to do that through an entertaining, something that's not just, it's not trying to force people to take medicine. It's the idea of something that's entertaining. It's worth the price of admission. Uh, and we look for different subversive ways to do that. So when it's a movie like Jesus Revolution, we go overt right at it and um, earn the right to be heard. But on this one, it felt like this is something that was really approachable from an outside audience that could be a Trojan horse for the idea, the simple idea of two things, finding your purpose, like you said, like, who's my neighbor? How do I love my neighbor? You know, the, the fact that this woman was the most unlikely hero, the the biggest underdog in her community, kind of the good Samaritan that that was discounted by everyone. And for her to find her purpose and say, I don't know how to change the world, but I know how to change that little girl's life. And I'm going to fight for that one little girl. And by doing that, it changed the whole community. You know, there's there's a power to that. And then the second thing is in a day and age when the church is the butt of the jokes and we get made fun of and criticized and made the villain over and over and over again to do a story where the church gets to be the hero at the end, like and, and communicates to the outside watching world. The church is a safe place. It's a place where you can find help. It's a place where you can find hope and you're welcome in our church walls. We're going to help you. And uh, I, I think this story tells that loud and clear in a way that's pretty rebellious, uh, you know, and then it leaves you with that rush of hope that's our signature. What I will say, and I, I say this as a person of faith, I am the daughter of a pastor. I now am part of a church community here in Orange County and as, as, as pastor. And one of the things that I really enjoyed was you actually see the debauchery, the drinking, the parting, there's no shying away yeah. from it. I think sometimes within the Christian community, we have to hygienize right. sin. And y'all didn't yeah. do that. It, I mean, it wasn't directed in your face, but it was enough to really paint a great picture of this unlikely hero yeah. stepping in and doing something really, really great. So do you By think- By the way, good, great, great word usage in hygienize. I like, I, I, <laughs> I'm impressed by that word. Like, I, I, I was like, is that a word? That's actually a word. Oh, it That's definitely incredible. is, honey. I was homeschooled. It's a great word. Thanks, mom. Yeah, uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Generation one homeschooler here too. So I get it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Look at us dorky kids out in the creative space, honey. That's right. Making a difference. Making a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. good. No, no, no. I love it. So this is going into secular and sacred audiences. People who know yeah. Jesus, follow Jesus. And then those that don't, those are just going to a, a movie theater on a weekend and seeing this. Yeah. What do you think your pushback might be from believers or Christians that watch this and might have issues with it? You know, you never know what what's going to happen there because we're not we don't try to be edgy, but the idea is I think what makes a cheesy Christian film isn't the message. What makes mm -hmm. a ch cheesy Christian film is the fact that a lot of times we get insecure and we don't show conflict, we don't show tension, we don't show struggle, and mm. so as a result, what we produce sometimes is just like a Pfizer ad. It's like a it's like just like you know where everybody's smiling and take this pill and everything's okay. And that's mm -hmm. not real life, you know. So when we did a movie like Jesus Revolution, you know, it, it did tell about the greatest revival that we've known in the past hundred years in our country. But in the process, we showed a lot of messy people that were still on drugs when they came into the church. So we don't. I think a lot of times, 
you know, we fall on one or two pitfalls creatively. Either we try to hygienitize things to the point where there is no struggle and we just show like the, the sales pitch for everything's perfect. Uh, that's not real life. Or we try to be edgy to be accepted and we be, we're edgy for edgy's sake. And that's just being rebellious. That's not, mm. but what, you know, what, what, what we really try to do is tell stories that authentically are told accurately to what the person went through and let their testimony speak for itself. So when it was Jesus Revolution, it deals with drugs. And on this one, you know, uh, Sharon and her struggles and, you know, what she went through, we show that like it was messy. She, mm -hmm. she, she was the most unlikely hero because she was a mess. But who isn't a mess? If you really, you know, kind of let your walls down and let people see the real you, all of us are messy. All of us are desperately in need of redemption and hope. And I think that's where the message of hope actually rings true instead of, you know, the end of like a self-help book. Do you need to catch your breath? Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. The indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And in some cases, up to 100 times more polluted, according to some recent research. So what's the solution? Introducing an air purifier that captures the attention of established media outlets like CNN, Money, ABC, and more. What is it? The Air Doctor. The Air Doctor filters out 99% of dangerous contaminants that your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants such as allergens, pollens, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that make you sick. Air Doctor comes back with a 30-day Breathe Easy Money Back Guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code WGT, and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive for podcast customers, you will receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special by going to A. I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com, airdoctorpro.com, and use the promo code WGT. One of the things that I appreciate better about the piece is that you guys didn't wait until she cleaned up her life for her to step into being used to help people. Yeah. And I think that whether intentional or unintentional, it's communicating to believers and unbelievers that you don't have to have the perfect life to be able to be used and step into your purpose. Yep. So I see it and it was subtle. It was like salt. It wasn't, it was just enough to flavor it because too much yeah. salt will ruin it. You guys just put enough yeah. and I appreciated that. So that as a dorky um, wannabe documentarian, <laughs> I took like a script writing class uh, just for kids okay. and giggles as a storyteller. I'm a writer yeah. by trade and by nature and by birth. I love it. And um, so one of the things that struck me and I was like appalled, but in this class, they said for you to be able to say based on a true story, you only need about 10% of truth. And I, I, I was like shook. Okay. I was sitting there like, oh my gosh, I cannot tell a lie. Like, and I'm a creative storyteller. Like my family says that I put way too much color on things, but look at my eyelashes. I have to, you know what I'm saying? So the question I have is, this story starts off, it opens up, it says based on a true story. So yeah. tell me the truth. What percentage would you give? Now, I'm not going to go and hold you to this, but like roughly would you say is true to form, this is the story? 85. 85%. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. It's wow. so like, so the thing that you have to get past is the difference between a documentarian uh, and, a, and a film, like a feature filmmaker, like narrative features is the difference between being a photographer and being a portrait painter. So those two are similar. Photographer takes an exact representation of somebody, like 
this is you. You might do some touch-ups or whatever is cheating, but you know, it's it's a photograph. It's it's pretty much photo accurate to 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 what you see is what you get. Doing a portrait of somebody is me understanding your experience, trying to internalize it, look at how you look, and then paint a representation of this is how an honest portrait of you would feel. Mm-hmm. And both um you know, both are, are reflections of the real person, but doing a, a narrative feature, life never happens in the order that you need it to. So if, like, for, for instance, when we did the movie, I can only imagine in real life, uh, Bart's father died. He wrestled with it internally for a number of years because he had this one good year with his father when he was dying and had this redemption experience. Bart struggles with it for, for years, holds on to it. And then finally comes back, comes to the terms with who his father was, writes a, a song that's inspired by his story. And that was how he resolved it. And then Amy Grant pulled him up on stage and gave him his song back. And that was the moment where he found his voice. So that's real life. But in the movie version, I was like, Bart, internally, you were still wrestling with your dad who was dying of cancer. So in the movie, the portrait we're going to paint is you're going home not to confront the memory of your father. You're going home to confront your dad who's actually dying of cancer. And so... Uh, we just kind of put it in the right sequence. Emotionally, that's what goes on emotionally. It's a painting a portrait of the emotional journey you went on. So it's slight little differences, but we try as much as possible to understand the exact things that happen, and then we just resequence them and put it in a, in a nice two-hour format. So I would say 85% of this is true. So I'm very excited to know that, and I've never heard it captured like a photograph and a portrait painting that it makes so much sense. Now, I know we don't have a whole lot of time with you, but as life gets crazy and the movie comes out February 23rd, I just want to say thank you for fighting for good art. Thank you for telling good stories. And thank you for telling stories of transformation of normal, everyday people being used to do extraordinary things. I wish you the best of luck. For those that are listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube, there will be links for you to get more information and learn about this film. But hey, let's support good art and uh, I'll see you in the theaters. Thanks, friends. Thanks, Bianca. Well, friends, we've done another episode together, and I want to thank you for being on this journey with me. I'm truly honored. Thank you for being part of this podcast community. If you have comments or questions, pop into my Instagram and leave some comment love for Andrew on the post. I really want to support him, his endeavors, as well as this message. And this is a fun new assignment. If you have comments or questions or you've seen the film and you want to show some love, pop onto the Instagram post that I created for this podcast with Andrew and let's show him some love. You can use the hashtag ordinary angels movie to show him some extra love and for more information you can go to ordinaryangels.movie. thanks for tuning in friends i can't wait to host another episode with you next week